The Career Establishment's Talent Talk Asia podcast is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Founded by Asia-based recruiters back in 2012, over a thousand recruitment companies choose Vincere to accelerate their growth. Whether your business is contract, temp, executive search or perm, if you're looking for a new breed of tech partner, talk to Vincere. Visit vincere.com io forward slash talent talk asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast hi i'm andrea ross your host and in this series we feature some of the most successful talents from across the region to discuss the forces opportunities and challenges that are shaping the corporate landscape if you're keen to be a guest on the show then please reach out Hey, podcast listeners, you have tuned in to the Million Dollar Recruiter podcast. My name is Andrea Ross from Talent Talk Asia, and I will be talking to Niharika Chattaverdi, the director of Ollison & Company, where she shares her experiences, failures, tips and techniques to all recruiters looking to achieve the million dollar status. Now, check out part one, if you haven't already, where Niharika shares her career beginning from Oracle in India, moving into the recruitment industry in Singapore, working for established players such as Robert Waters, Talent2, and more recently, Ollison and Company. She talk about what motivated her to be a million-dollar recruiter, what it takes to be a responsive professional consultant in the competitive tech space, being self-aware, and how being a curious learner in your space will increase your overall success. Now, in part two, which is what you're listening to right now, Niharika talks about the importance of having and acquiring a mentor, the strategy around being a million-dollar recruiter, and sharing in detail what a typical week looks like for her. Now, she'll share how being a consultative-focused recruiter to her stakeholders has been the driving force behind her successful career and what she sees as the opportunities and threats to the recruitment industry in the future and what you can do to stay ahead of that curve. By listening to both episodes, you will take away practical tips that will change how you do recruitment and get you on the path to being a million-dollar recruiter. Listen to the podcast to get your weekly dose of insights from the experts in the recruitment industry. I want to go back a, a little bit, not not just from when you were a million dollar recruiter, because I imagine the skills that you learned and you were all the, the the way you recruited is probably still the same today. But talk me through what a typical week looks like for someone like yourself that is a high billing consultant. Wow, <laughs> I would say um, there are key kind of. Um, areas of uh, any typical week that should look like and looks like, right? You spend time uh, talking to candidates, you spend time talking to your clients, you spend a lot of time also doing your desk work, which is sourcing, like even though, you know, 13 years into it, that part has never gone away. And I don't think I want it to go away. You need to focus and spend time looking at people, different organizations, different candidates as well, right? And then there is a time at my uh, in my role now that I do take out to do a lot of networking, right? But 
But in a typical week, I think beginning of the week, first thing on Monday that I always like to do is basically look at my pipeline, mm-hmm. look at what is the most, you know, the top priorities to achieve in that week. Basically, what are my top jobs? Uh, what, how many CVs I need to deliver per the, you know, across mm-hmm. these two jobs to mm-hmm. make sure that they move along the pipeline. And uh and I love to I love to do lists. Like I I'm still very traditional. I do it on a notebook, and yeah. you know I still do it on post its if I don't yeah. have a notebook. But I make a right. Long. So you're not using some. You're not using like an Evernote or anything like that. It's just paper. Yes, pads. and I love to tick yeah. it away. Tick, yeah, tick tick it away. So, and I love yeah. it then when you know by Tuesday or Wednesday my to do list of Monday is all ticked away, and then I make again and uh, uh, every day. Um, but but that's you know the, the small little things that you know you need to make sure happen at the right time the sense of urgency in 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 recruitment is so important one of those activities that you would place as urgent sending cv out organizing the client mm-hmm. interview making mm-hmm. sure it's like you know you don't if the client has said i'm interviewing that's the first thing i need to make sure it happens like at mm-hmm. the earliest time possible i don't want to like wish it away by thinking oh i'll contact the candidate later in the day no i mean that's going to move your process forward you got to you know make sure that that gets locked and people are busy clients are busy candidates are busy right so you have to have a sense of urgency around making sure your process moves along of course you know finding the right person if the client gives me a job and that was something which i think also is very important to prioritize like which job you want to invest time on mm. today mm. as compared to tomorrow right which is the one not of course there is one thing around clients urgency but mm-hmm. there's also another thing around your uh you know what's gonna be the one that closes like over the years i've learned how you qualifying that exactly and so there is there is all i've always read like not every shining object is gold right Mm -hmm. Um, unfortunately (laughs) unfortunately (laughs) but you gotta qualify what you're gonna work on there's so many times and 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 you make mistakes uh Many times, over and over again, but you got to get better at qualifying, right? You do just just because a client told you, oh, I'm hiring for, you know, it's a new client and you just want your foot in the door and mm. you just kind of take the bait and start working on it yeah. without knowing whether they're seriously serious about working with yeah. you, engaging with you. How do you manage the- those expectations then from clients that you yeah. do want to impress? <laughs> I mean... I'll give you a very recent example. I won't take names here, but there is a client that we want to work with, obviously. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's one of the big ones. And um, we met with a hiring manager who told us that he really needs our help, uh, but he's had a recent kind of case where uh, some of the candidates didn't get through okay. to the offer. And uh, he said, send, us, send me CVs and then we'll see what happens. And I was like, um, I'm not sure what's happening here. I would really love to meet with your search partners, like your talent mm. uh, team, before yeah. I take a call whether I can or not, mm. you know, invest. And I took my time. I met with the talent team. I definitely like had an hour and a half meeting to understand where their challenges are, whether they do, they do really need our help and the way we work because we are not, you know, one of those uh, consulting firms where you'll send you ten CVs and pick find one person to work with. We really yeah. want to go deeper into what you're looking for and. Yeah. There's a way that we engage. Um, right now, I'm working with CFO, uh, the CXOs and the co-founders to find them, their leaders. And the, the kind of engagement that I have is of a different level. Good. I don't want to be a CV sender and I don't want my team to work yeah, on on, yeah. uh, on that, those sort of engagements. Yeah. So I was glad that they they were happy to engage with us in the way, that, the way we work. And um, 
we were able to qualify that uh, it's worth you know spending time on it and now we're kind of uh just getting our terms together and uh and i have now decided that okay this is worth yeah working ha- have on. you had sort of incidents though where you've got it wrong where you've tried to qualify it of and manage course, it and of is there course. any stories that you can share where it's just gone horrifically wrong it is i mean again <laughs> i won't take names but i did meet like i work with the co-founder of a very you know uh, a larger uh organization now and uh, he gave us a very key role and we we got super excited mm-hmm. <laughs> did, the the search, did the regional search did the regional search and uh, sent profiles and never heard back <laughs> oh really so what happened you know <laughs> no idea no idea <laughs> but during my search i spoke with this particular candidate and he was amazing and he told me he is going for interview on friday and i just knew he will get the job and he got it ah there we go yeah so okay. at that point i already knew that uh, you know it's uh, it's going to be but but i did make that mistake because i got super excited about working with this and that's the mistake i learned that was last year and when this was happening all over again i said no i'm not going to do it again i'm going to take my time and reassess whether i really want to go crazy about this big name i want to work with or not and then uh, hopefully this goes well better now we are getting our term sorted and going to invest wisely for you <laughs> talk me through again the the sort of strategy behind becoming a million dollar recruiter you know is it is it all about the long hours is it about every weekend being in is it chasing everything is it um putting candidates into roles that perhaps shouldn't be put into roles. Like talk me through the strategy behind you getting to a million. Well, honestly Andrea, I told you I worked a few weekends that mm. time than I when I did. That was probably two weekends in my career of wow, almost 12 years. Okay, that's pretty that's or, not sorry, bad. Or sorry, almost 13 years. I have only worked two weekends in the office. Of course, now that's it's very different. Now we work uh, where we can, right? Um yeah. But you got to, like, whatever time you are in those days, you know, it was pretty much office bound work. We didn't have tech like mm. what we have now. Mm. Right. I I used to leave work at seven most days. Right. Mm. And and there were people who still worked longer hours and came back in on weekends. But I, I, wise, I choose my time very wisely. If I am in the office, I'm very productive and I'm just focused on what I need to do. I have my to-do list, I have my priority. I need to deliver what I need to to make my process move forward, not because I'm going to be asked questions on Monday how many calls I made, how many mm. meetings I did. That was never ever my objective. My objective was always I need to close, I need to make my process move forward. I need to make make sure I meet my client's expectation and I was delivering for that and not for anything else always. And uh of course, you know, uh, uh there 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 was the the focus needs to be razor sharp around what you want to get out of yourself not out of you know your client of your candidate what is it that you really want to you know go towards in your life mm. and in and and i was very clear i was during that year coming back to that particular year when i was i had my eyes set on the million dollar target mm. uh, I was thinking about it pretty much all the time. Were you? <laughs> I was getting goosebumps nearing that. Right, so that, that pushed time. you a little bit more then, making that extra call, yeah, meeting but, an extra candidate that week. Yeah, right. yeah, and and it was it was always, uh, but yeah, I mean, I I I have never believed in like you know slogging yourself or burning yourself out to okay. do that. There is. there is definitely focus required mm-hmm. and uh, and i i you know you you got to um, uh, kind of uh, 
figure out what works for you best. And I wouldn't say that for many people, you know, maybe working on weekends works better because they find more focus. It's but quieter. It's yeah. quieter, right? Mm. And uh, I, I wouldn't... Uh, kind of uh, say that uh, it's a boo-boo or you, no one shouldn't do it, but you but, have to figure out what works for you best. Yeah, I think you're right. I, I, I mean, I, I know I certainly in the early days would do weekend work, but that was a lot because my husband worked in construction in Singapore and so Saturday mornings he was working. So it was a great way of just spending my time and... Yeah. And going to the pub at lunchtime with Roger yeah. um, on a Saturday because there was always loads of Robert Waters people working on a weekend. But I, yeah. I, I think I think it's a good statement that you've made that it, it, it doesn't define you. It isn't the one thing. It isn't about all the long hours. Yeah. Um, just sort of circling back to what you what you just mentioned, having that to-do list, but actually making sure you are properly working with it and ticking off as you go. Having yeah. that sense of urgency, prioritising those roles. Yeah. Um, making sure that you are delivering on the roads or at least managing expectations with clients. Um, but also the one I really love was that whole curiosity to learn the sector that you're in. I think that is such an important thing. And I think that's something that Wendy Heng from Rob Waters that we just did a podcast with a few weeks ago also yeah. said exactly the same. Yeah. Because it does shine through. It shines through to candidates and to clients that you are actually in it genuinely, isn't just kind of a bum in a seat. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the world is changing around us every second Mm. And every second not spent learning, you're falling behind. Yeah, very true. And that's what it is, right? You yeah. have to open all your doors, windows, yeah. nerves yeah. to receive Yeah, in today's world. Absolutely. Yeah. Talent Talk Asia is brought to you in partnership with Vincere, the all-in-one CRM for ambitious recruitment businesses. Visit vincere.io forward slash Asia for an exclusive offer for all listeners of this podcast. We talked about Roger before. Roger's going to love the fact he's getting mentioned here. <laughs> if anyone sees um, a guy with a big beard that's a redhead walking around Singapore um, with a Swedish accent, that's Roger. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me about having a mentor in your life and what it what that relationship how that's helped you become who you are and what advice you would give to recruiters out there that perhaps haven't found their mentor yet yeah i think having a guru is what you know the indian philosophy believes in and the mentor is the western philosophy or you know just the english word for it mm. is something that um i have realized over the years uh, is so important for everybody uh because it is some many times I've seen lots of salespeople who are individualistic, right? They mm. are full of themselves many times, yeah, right? Because the egos, they, yeah. Because they they are good at they're great achievers. They are making big numbers, and many times they do think that is it's it's all because of them. Which Cut is, corners, yeah, yeah, and mm. and and which is which is which is. Which is the way that I feel, okay, I mean, it, it is great, all credit to their success, but uh, there will come a point when, you know, you will start realizing that it cannot be just because of one person, wherever, whatever your well, journey it will has unravel. been, yeah. it yeah. will unravel, right? Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I have been lucky, really, really lucky in my life to have great bosses who have invested in me, you know, mm. starting with my first boss at Oracle, Shahid, mm. whom, who kind of led me to Robert Walters. Mm. And Roger, who was such a busy man, he was managing a team of 12. But somehow there were bits and pieces that I kind of gathered mm. from him to learn what mm. he was doing. And I still am like working with him again after Almost five years, I realized that there's so much learning from a, a person like him. He has spent 23 years in Singapore. He's in, very passionate in, about yeah, his in, sector in as well, isn't he? Yeah. And he's so passionate. He's well-connected. And mm. I've kind of learned, like, I think he's the most extroverted person I have ever met. Yeah, he can talk. Jesus, he, that's the only reason he's not on the podcast. We haven't got enough time to have him on. <laughs> yeah, and I was trying to learn how does he really do it. Like I was in the lift with him once going down the lift and I was trying to see. I, he can strike conversation with a rock. <laughs> and I really tried to observe how does he do it. And I, I kind of have, have, if you want the key, I, <laughs> I can tell you, but I kind of know how he does it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely was, an art it is an art right and I kind of I was so it was so amazing when I figured out how he does it and I tried to practice it I'm not that good at it as you're not going <laughs> to impart you're just letting all the listeners kind of have half a tip there it's just so unfair <laughs> okay okay I can tell you so you got <laughs> so if you're standing next to somebody and you want to make a conversation you got to keep looking at them until uh, they look back uh, at you <laughs> The eye contact. And the mm -hmm. eye contact. And you just got to kind of make them feel uncomfortable to a point that they look at you. And as soon as they look at you, you, see, you just <laughs> say hi and you just start oh, right. It's the awkward stare. I've not thought of that. I'll have to try that next time I'm in the lift. I don't know if Roger has realized it himself, but that's what he That's how he does it. He's, he's learning it here first. <laughs> what advice would you give people out there that perhaps haven't got a, a mentor internally? Or, you know, how should they go about trying to sort out someone in their lives that can that can help them be successful again coming back to being self-aware is very important it's the first step of finding that you need a mentor right uh, everybody needs a mentor mm. and but you need to be self-aware first about who you are like many salespeople again feel that they know it all and they can do it themselves but you have to find out what are the areas you need help in everybody mm. needs help maybe you are great at candidate management maybe you're great at getting the business in but yeah. there is some area where you need to get better at everybody needs to get better from the, the previous day and once you know that you are one of them and you know you got to be keep working towards getting better um, you need to find out who will help you do that right okay. look at people around you uh, and it doesn't have and if you think everyone around you is not as good as you are you got to look at people outside in the industry mm. successful mm. people mm. bright people spiritual people it doesn't have mm. to be somebody who has been a million dollar biller or yeah. somebody in the industry for 23 years you ha you can follow a spiritual path and find that next uh, next uh, way forward for yourself but i think in asia people are a lot more open to being able to share their insights or support and help people do well i think it's a it's it's that kind of environment here it is it is such an open mm. uh, culture and very receptive and mm. people are more in touch with um with uh, you know again spirituality you call it or you know helping mm. uh, because you see around you that there are people who need help so most people are very welcome to extend mm. themselves um, and it is important to recognize that you need people yeah. to take you to the next level. Yeah, you can't always do it all on your own. That yeah. was really good advice. Thank you for that. I want I want to move on to 
kind of had, you know, how does being an Indian female in a pretty male-dominated industry such as tech, how, how do you think that's impacted your career? I think it has worked in my favor. Yeah? <laughs> it yeah. has. In what yeah. way? I mean, I think anything that you are today works in your favor or against mm-hmm. you in different situations in life. So mm-hmm. it can, I've all, again, you know, I have always kind of overlooked if it has not worked in my situation. And I have always tried to look at the side where it has and f- try, to, try to identify what I can do for you. It's not about who I am. It's about what I can do for you, what I can do for you, Mr. Client, to help you, what I can do for you, Mr. Candidate, to get you to the next next role, right? So there can be biases, there can be, you know, sort of situations. Have you experienced it at all in your career? I have to really think hard about it. And I really don't think I have. That's fantastic. Yeah. And even if that may have happened, I may have overlooked Okay. Because I don't believe in, you know, bogging myself down mm-hmm. with things that kind of could be because of the way I look or the way I am. Mm-hmm. I think it's probably because I didn't do good enough in that situation, right? Or I wasn't right for that situation. Because in sales, you can't take things personally. You cannot be yourself. Many times you have to kind of be just the role that you are, right? You can't... Uh, Think, oh, I didn't get it, or or he didn't like me. You know, they they, they can be those thoughts, but the, you can't let those bog the, bog you down. Yeah. You're at the end of the day a salesperson. Yeah. They are after your product, or they are not. They didn't mm. like your product. They like another product. So you can't take these things personally at all. You have to have a broader outlook and keep going and keep trying your best to do to do to do it better the next time. But honestly, I I, I didn't feel any situations where I felt that I. You know, whatever I didn't get, it was because I was a lady or a Indian, for that matter. Good. Yeah. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah. Putting putting um sort of dollars and, and numbers aside, how else do you measure your success as a recruiter, particularly now where you're at in your career? Yeah, and and it's 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 been an amazing journey. And one thing that is so important for all the recruiters out there to realize that we are in a professional services industry. Yes. You could be a salesperson for your company. You could be the top biller for your company. But Mm. for your client, you're a consultant. For your candidate, you are a consultant. Mm. He he or she is looking at you as for for an advice. So the service that you're providing to your industry, to your client, to your candidate is the paramount importance uh, for me as a recruiter or as a as anybody or any consulting career that you are in. Uh, the service levels have to be elite class, no matter when where you, you say are. elite. What does that look like for you guys? So for, or for us, you specifically. So for, for you, yeah. So for me, if I am talking to a client. Uh, if I have taken on a search, providing that service where I'm constantly engaged with my clients to make them to let them know that I'm on top of what they want of me, right? Mm-hmm. Giving them constant updates about you know uh, where the search is at. Even if you can't find anyone, even if I can't find anyone, even if I'm struggling, mm. letting them know on a Wednesday and then on a Friday that you know okay. I spoke with ten candidates. One of them looks okay, or maybe yeah. not. I let you know by Friday. If you don't I'm go at. silent then. 
Not at all. Mm -hmm. If you if you have an email from your client on a Friday evening, you definitely don't want to wait on Monday to respond. Gone mm -hmm. are the days when mm -hmm. you stop checking emails after 6 p.m., right? You yeah. just let them know, okay, I'm on it. I'll let you know. Yeah. you know by monday or over yeah. the weekend you know and if you, if it, if there is something that you can do easily over the weekend why not like that has to be you know there there is a plethora of search consultants out there and anybody who's providing that service is the one that the candidate and cli uh, client will recognize better than you if you just you know let it be and it's not because you're in a race it's just because you are a consultant at the end of the day you're in services industry you're not mm -hmm. you know selling a product which is mm -hmm. which they're buying you're selling your service you're helping them find the next talent um and more importantly i think where a lot of recruiters are uh, kind of now, I put a failing is a big term, but I would like to use it. Is, Go on, uh, use is, it. Go is, on. <laughs> is, is the candidate side, right? You, mm. you, the candidates, like more and more candidates that I meet are telling me that they're never hearing back from the recruiter. I'm hearing it as well. Right? Yeah. Uh, they, yeah. They invest time in talking to you. They invest yeah. time in meeting you, and you send mm. their CV, and you are just hole. after the <laughs> the candidate who got interviewed, and you forget about your candidates who you had told so why? them. Why? Why do you think this is happening in the industry? It is because there is so much pressure on sales because everybody thinks they are there to sell, which is not. I mean, yes, we are in a sales role, but mm. we are again, we are consulting, right? And mm -hmm. every candidate that you are meeting with is looking at you with the hope to find uh, the next job mm. through you, right? Mm. Which completely uh, impacts their life. It's a really impacts. personal thing. <laughs> exactly. So you you got to realize the gravity of uh, role that you're playing in the industry. You are mm. at the center of it. You have so much knowledge. You can utilize it to help people around you. And uh, it is so important to service people that you work with really, really well. If you don't have, even if you have a bad news to share with candidates, like there's so many times that, oh, that candidate got rejected after the interview. I just don't know mm. how to tell them. Mm. you got to gather courage and let them know that they didn't do well because mm. of, you know, they, their test wasn't good and enough. Why? Yeah. And why, right? Yeah. And, they, and, and this is something which I have also even told my clients. There are clients that want to reject candidates without telling me why. Oh, so I think that's absolutely ridiculous. How on earth are they supposed to but you, develop themselves? But you have to make explain to the client that mm. if I tell, just reject them without telling them why, they're just going to think that you don't know what you're looking for. Mm. And that has happened mm, with, good point. with startups, with many companies, the candidates interviewed over again, over and over again, the experience is candidates is that I think I did really well in my interview. They just don't know what they're looking for. Mm. But I coached my clients. I said, listen, you got to tell me why. Mm. And if I tell them, oh, actually they were they, did, they didn't do the assessment really well. That means mm. they were not good enough for you. They mm. realized that it's a great news for them to know that I need to work harder to get mm. better to mm. get into this company, not because you don't know what you're looking for. So you need to kind of stop being afraid of asking these questions to the clients because you have to believe that you're helping your client by asking these tough questions and, and explaining to them nicely. Nirika, what happens though when you've got a client and... Sometimes it could either be line or it could be HR and they're not receptive to feedback and they're not going to give you feedback or they don't return calls, which let's be honest, it happens a lot in this industry. What advice would you give, would you give recruiters out there that are dealing with those situations or even share a story that maybe, you know, what's happened to you that, that's either gone well or hasn't gone so well? Yeah. 
it is of course it happens all the time right uh but i think i have become a little bit shameless and a little bit yeah. bolder yeah through the days in in being able to kind of make sure that I just deliver the message that I want to. Mm. Um of course I still do it in a very nice way and mm. never kind of making the client feel bad about it. You know, you, you you can never ever forget that you're in professional services. You can yeah. never let your anger or your, you know, kind of discomfort show to the client uh, or to the candidate, right? But you need to have that courage to just tell what needs to be told. Um so I've had situations where clients have just kind of you know I call it ghosting and this is a big topic that I want to talk about <laughs> yeah, to recruiters because <laughs> yeah. everybody is even in the age of tech where we have blue ticks on WhatsApp that can be turned off <laughs> yes the blue ticks just because you don't want to respond and so many mm. recruiters do it so many clients do it everybody like there's a, the whole world is divided into two kinds of people what people have actually turned them off so the people don't know that they're looking at them <laughs> Are you serious? Does that happen? Yeah, of course. <gasps> I just thought they hadn't read my messages. <laughs> you can go back and check. <laughs> so, you you just yeah, you need to frame it nicely and let the client know that hey, you know, this is the reason why it's so important to make sure the candidates receive this feedback. Put it in a very nice email as a feedback from a particular candidate. I have mm. done that. Mm. You know, I have had a situation where the client wanted to hire this particular candidate but they just completely disappeared on them for 3 weeks and after 3 weeks like i want to hire them now and by the time the candidate was gone and i was also during those 3 weeks crazily following up trying to kind of get something moving but they just went missing on me and then after 3 weeks they were like let's do it now i'm like listen <laughs> so you you have to put it nicely together in a very professional way without ever you know offending anybody but just deliver it nicely with the message that this is this is the good thing for you right for your employer branding mm. for mm. for you know the next engagement that we do we that will be amazing to do these things so you have to put it in a very nice flowery way and deliver it to the client and but do it don't think that something's going to come back and you know shoot you in the heart because you you have done it even you know even if you get shot it's okay you you kind of did a good thing by letting your client know what's the right thing to do. Do you find that when you're having conversations with clients about fees because obviously there's a lot of pressure on fees and margins, you know, do you find you know how would you how would you respond to a client who, you know, continuously is pushing you down on fees? How would you how do you react to that now? Yeah, this is such a great thing to talk about these days because you know when we first started, we were we are a startup, right? We started last year mm. um and uh we we over the years you will believe it or not from last year to this year our average fees has gone up wow how by a that? significant amount and we achieved it by believing that what we are doing is important for our clients we are not sending you 10 CVs for for you to hire one mm. we are really going after the best talent in the market for you mm-hmm. we are investing and and thing is that it's it's different when you're working with a very well known name you just need to tell this to the client and then uh, to the candidates and they love to apply and then you can get through the process that's different but when we are working with clients that nobody knows or we need to really go out and do and bring people over the line 
and engage more closely to un- to sell your journey it is a different piece of work altogether we are we're doing very inclusive and exclusive selling for you right um, but not all clients want to pay it right i mean i understand that some they can see the the service that they'll get from yourselves but when you've got an organization that just don't have that kind of budget how do you respond to those 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 people so again it's a call that we would have to take if it's a client that doesn't want to pay but i think i can make you know with whatever that is uh you know maybe like a 10 15 placements per year then mm. i will take a call that i okay i can still sustain it it's going to be a volume right, so but there is a level it. below which i wouldn't go and i just walk away we have walked away Okay. Um, so if it's a low low value or low margin the uh, engagement it it has to be either exclusive or one person another vendor oh. or we just literally we have walked away from business uh, because uh, because there is no value in delivering um in a competition where you have mm. 5% chances of winning you're doing a mm. disfavor to your business by engaging in those kind of uh, you know uh, services or providing those kind of services where you know you were, you won't be able to kind of bring your best to to the table because you are being compared as a agency that's going to provide cvs and not a service right so mm. you you have to take a call what kind of clients you want to work with as well right and and this was one of the examples that i i just gave earlier on as well as it is a client that everybody wants to work with i also want to work with them but how do i want to work with them is something that i finally decide and if i decide to work with them it has to be in a proper engagement and mm. otherwise then i i it doesn't make sense for me then you can walk away yeah i'm going to ask one final question so what do you see as threats or opportunities in the recruitment industry in the future recruitment industry <laughs> that is such an interesting question you know when uh so it was i think in the robert walters days when linkedin came in Oh yeah. Yeah, and everybody said oh thought <laughs> that oh that's it for recruiters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Everybody's going to use LinkedIn and yeah. uh, they're not going to use us. Yeah. But now LinkedIn is the tool for us, right? Yeah. Um, interesting, isn't it? It is. Mm. And definitely the nature of recruitment that I did then and what I'm doing now has completely changed and that's that's it is I mean that's what it is about, right? You have to evolve with times. You have to change the game every time there is a change in the industry you can't keep doing the same things and that's what's happening not just in recruitment but big companies that are going through digital transformation some are in it early some are in it late but they have realized that if they don't change their game plan mm. they're going to become obsolete mm. and that's why and and I see these days you know a lot of clients a lot of uh companies that are coming up with all these ai tools and techniques yeah. for hr uh, you know the, a lot of platforms that are offering um nlp machine learning based uh, sort of um uh screening methodologies uh, and very cool tools uh yeah. and technologies in the hr world and i'm glad that's happening um and then they say that oh you don't need to you can cut down your recruitment cost because we can use these tools mm. but there is a whole element of again you know what you are doing differently are you really the one who is screening 100 cvs to go, get those 10 cvs to the clients from you know a monster or a nokri or a indeed or you know jobs db or are you the one going out there networking with people who are not really looking for a job but are they very happy doing really well and you're helping them find their next career move that's going to take them to the next 
you know, way forward in their career. So if you are doing that day in and day out, then nobody can replace you. No technology, no tool can replace you because you are playing the game very differently, right? And that's what you need to keep getting better at. You need to make sure every hiring manager that you're meeting, every client that you're meeting, they know that they will never compare you with a tool because you are a human. And there's a whole debate around right brain, you know, thinking these Mm -hmm. days where, Mm -hmm. you know, the whole world is talking about whether machines will replace humans. And then there is a whole philosophy that, you need to develop your EQ so much more Mm -hmm. higher Mm -hmm. and your right brain because you can add value as a human, as a consultant Mm -hmm. that no tool or technology, piece of technology or tool can add, right? And you need to get better at doing that by using your skills, your EQ, your, you know, your ability to influence people, your ability to deliver in knowledge and information. You're in the center of the industry. You are in the front seat of the revolution that's happening in the world. And you got to realize it, that you have so much power and so much ability to, you know, kind of use information and knowledge that you have to help candidates, help clients. And uh, if you if you do it the way that it needs to be done and, and do it with heart, then nobody can replace you really. Yeah. I think that that definitely ended an absolutely fantastic interview. Thank you so much, Niharika, on all your tips, your insights, your stories. Um, You're one of the most inspirational recruiters that I've certainly worked with. So I'm absolutely delighted that you were able to spend time with me today and and being able to help listeners out there. So thank you so much. Um, You're an absolute inspiration. Thank you. Thank you so much, Andrea. It was great. It was great talking about my journey. Thank you so much. You have been listening to Talent Talk Asia podcast by The Career Establishment. To learn more about The Career Establishment, our people and our latest thinking, visit us at www.thecareerestablishment.com or find us on LinkedIn, Twitter and Facebook.